0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So also, you who have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Would the children like to come forward for Real Children's Summit?
1: Good morning. How are you? Good.
0: It's kind of a rainy day, isn't it? Do rainy days ever make you feel tired? Yeah. Me too. Me too. I've got a question for you.
1: Is there anybody you want to be like when you grow up? I <laughs> I don't blame you there. Yeah.
0: I can see smiles, so I know you're thinking. Do you want me to tell you what I wanted to who I wanted to be like, Margaret? All right. When I was in third grade, what grade are you in? Fourth? So I was one grade younger than Clayton. When I was about that age. I remember sitting in church and I watched uh, the pastor that was up there do a great job with the sermon. Now, I don't know what he was talking about. Couldn't tell you. I wasn't listening that much. I know the feeling, (laughs) but I could tell by the way he was working that he was doing a good job. And the same way that when you see someone swing a baseball bat and get a good hit, Or when you see someone sing and they sound really good, I could tell that he was doing a good job. So, in the back of my head, I said, I could do that. And then I remember and still hear from time to time a voice inside me that wasn't me,
1: but also wasn't far from me say, So go do it. Ever since then,
0: Ever since then, I've been trying to figure out what it looks like to be a pastor. Since the third grade, I've been wanting to be a pastor. And even now, I'm still wanting to be a pastor. I'm there a little bit. I definitely got
1: the title. But I'm still looking to do a really good job. You know? In your life, From time to
0: time, there'll be things that you really want to do and people you want to be like.
1: It doesn't have to be the pastor, by the way. I want you to look at what they do that's good.
0: How do they act that builds people up around them? How do they act in a way that helps others experience good things too? I want you your
1: whole life long to try to figure out how to do that. Look at the people who are doing good and figure that out.
0: I want you to think of someone who does a good job in your head.
1: And when you have that in your head, touch your nose. There you go. This week, now you can stop touching your nose, you look silly.
0: This week, I want you to try to do some of the same things they do. Try to be nice the way that they're nice. Try to be loving the way that they're loving. You might not be able to do everything that they do. I didn't get up into the pulpit and start preaching until a lot, lot later.
1: But try to do the best that you can. Does that sound good? All right. Should we say a prayer? Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you.
0: Thank you for putting people in our lives that show us what good things look like. Thank you for pastors. Thank you for teachers. Thank you for parents. Thank you for friends. Thank you for all the people that we thought of when we were touching our nose help us. Help us to go out into the world and do good things too, and help us to learn from their example. Thank you. Thank you for teaching us and for all the people that teach us about good things. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen. Thanks, everybody. Moving back to your seats. In the name of Jesus, amen. In today's story, we're asked to consider a
0: couple of things. The first, in the first two verses, verses 5 and 6, we're asked to consider faith. Even the size of a mustard seed causing a mulberry tree to be uprooted. A little bit of faith. In the second part, 7 through 10, we're asked to consider ourselves in the midst of a parable, and it can be easy for us to jump right to the end of the parable. You, who have done what you have been ordered to do, say afterwards, we are worthless slaves. We have only done what we ought to have done, right? And I could simply preach those two things and walk on my way. But verse 7, 8, and 9 seem to matter. I don't believe that Jesus wasted a lot of time or words without having purpose behind them. And so inside this parable, we have Jesus' invitation to consider ourselves
1: and consider what we would do as masters. You see, the parable asks us what we would
0: do as masters. Now, inside our own selves, I don't know about you, but I get a little uncomfortable with the slave and master imagery, right? There's enough in our world to say, we don't do that anymore. Where immediately inside my mind, I think, "Eh, I don't know. But if you don't like this, consider some kind of servant. If the word is putting you off, consider some kind of servant. Helper or employee, or whatever the case may be. And so we have this power dynamic. One who has the right to be served and one who has the expectation to serve. That's the dynamic. And so here Jesus invites us, consider yourself as someone who has the right to be served. What would you do if coming in you saw the one who has the expectation to serve you. Would you say to them, here, come, let, sit down, prepare yourself. I'm going to tie a towel around my waist and pre- prepare a meal for you. You sit and eat. Or would you rather, being the one who has the right, has the right to be served, say, come take care of me, then you can eat. Now, immediately what springs into my mind is a couple of things and many more. One is this behavior that my grandmother had. She would not eat in front of anyone by herself. If she was about to have dinner and we came over, she couldn't stomach to have that meal at all. She did not want to eat in front of anyone else if they didn't also have food. It sticks in my head like something I just am grateful I will never get out. I don't want to be the one that's eating and no one else is eating. So that might be our reaction. The other thing that occurs to me is this wonderful experience that Kristen opened my eyes to called making breakfast for one another. Oh, it's amazing. It's the best thing in the world. Never before have I been so overjoyed to see scrambled eggs because I didn't make them. That's awesome. And so inside myself, and I think inside ourselves, we can experience a couple of things. One, the understanding that we have long heard these texts and so many others calling us into a model of servanthood for one another. And so it might already raise inside our minds where we're going But the other is, we like being served. It's nice. It's nice when others are willing to do work for us. Willing is an interesting word. It's nice when others do work for us. So Jesus puts us into this very real spot. You come in and you have every right to be served. Consider someone who has the expectation to serve you, what would you do? Now, Jesus doesn't take time to go around the room and have all the disciples actually hear apostles answer the question. He simply launches into, so you who have been told what to do, who have been ordered, do it and simply say, we are worthless slaves. Or in another way, we already
1: had this expectation. This is what we should be doing. Why are we considered masters all the way until that point?
0: I think when we are made joint heirs with Jesus, I think when we are called apostles to Jesus, going out into the world carrying with us all the holy things that we experience in this place, we are invited into a moment of real responsibility. We carry with us holy treasure and clay jars. And when we go out, we go out in the posture of a servant, not because we are worthless, but because we are going out on behalf of one who also takes the form of a servant. There's that little line in there. Would you tie a towel around your waist and say to them, sit down. What will echo in our ears on Monday, Thursday is Jesus getting up from this last supper, tying a towel around his waist and washing the feet of every disciple. In this, Jesus literally says, would you tie a towel around the waist of someone who's expected to serve you Because I would. Would you invite the ones who are supposed to serve you to reverse roles and serve them instead? Because I would. Would you do everything you can for the ones that are supposed to be doing everything they can for you?
1: Because I would. We go out into the world Motivated not by
0: our worthlessness. That's not very motivating. We go out into the world motivated by Jesus' own service to us. The God of heaven and earth stepped down from heaven, not needing to explain God's own self, and took time to explain again and again to his apostles to his disciples, to the crowds, and to us what love is and what joy is. The God of heaven and earth takes time to prepare a place for us here in this moment, on this day, and break bread with us. The God of heaven and earth takes time to hear each one of our prayers said aloud, said in our hearts, said with sighs and groans, said before we even know we
1: said them the God of heaven and earth kneels at the feet of everyone that God calls God's own in a loving, serving way. Which one of you would tie
0: a towel around your waist is not meant to heap coals on our head alone? But as an invitation. Who will join me in tying a towel around your waist too? Who will join me in serving all the world too? Who wants to come with me and be a part
1: of this upside-down, wonderful thing that I'm doing in the world? Who wants to go? This is only what we ought to be doing, right? Remember the mulberry tree at the beginning. We have this opportunity to look to one that's already doing the things we ought to be doing.
0: And we have inside our hearts this experience, just like the apostles of, I don't know, I don't feel it inside myself to be this. I don't feel it inside myself to do this. And much like them, we cry out and
1: say, increase our faith. If you had a little bit, if you had a little bit, it could do a lot. And I think God might just hear me saying, When he
0: tells us to do what you already ought to be doing. I think Jesus here is saying, you have enough. You might not have all the faith in the world, but you have enough. You might not believe all things, understand all things, hope all things, you have enough. You might not be the ones that you've looked up to in your life that have been able to do these things too, but you are enough. You might not be the way that you want to be in this world, but you, as you are, are enough. The church may not look like the way you want it to look. You may not have the feelings in your heart you want to
1: have. Things may not be where you want them to be, but they are more than enough. All we're asked to carry in this world as a towel around our waist
0: so that we can get to work serving, loving, giving away every holy thing that we have, not just items, but the holy things from our hearts, the holy things of words spoken in love and forgiveness to one another, the holy things of life and time spent together.
1: We're invited to give ourselves away. And so today,
0: let's taste and see everything that God gives to us. Let's experience God giving God's self away.
1: Let's go out.
0: Let's go out and find the first towel we can find and start serving. And if it ever creeps into our mind, that we don't have enough.
1: Look at the first mulberry tree you see and try it. Mulberry trees too just might get up and move. God be with you this week as you try. Try to serve and
0: try to tile a towel around your waist. And may God always remind
1: us that we are, that we have enough. Amen.